He was insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Today on From Me to Ziggy, bleed like a craze, Dad. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. And today we're talking about, uh, my name is Thomas. No, I'm Travis. We're talking is that about what we're talking about? <laughs> talking about our names. <laughs> talking about our names. It's a good name. It's got six letters. Silent H. I like that. I've always liked that. Um, and today we're talking about Bleed Like a Craze, comma, Dad, from the Buddha of Suburbia soundtrack slash album. 1993 so this this comes from classic bowie everybody's everybody i'm sure you guys are all familiar with it totally familiar it's heard it on the radio a billion times super catchy toe tapper i feel like you probably know you've you've been reading slash you watched the buddha suburbia right or did you just read it so i've been reading it and about halfway through and i didn't i haven't watched the show i was going to start the show after i read the whole thing but i did watch the first half hour, the first episode. And this is where this, this uh, song falls in. You hear a little bit of it in, um, in well, so let's talk about the mo- movie a little bit, or the, the story a little bit, or the story behind this album. So Bowie did the soundtrack for this miniseries on the BBC, I think, called The Buddha of Suburbia, which was based on a book that takes place in the 70s, in the part of the London suburbs where Bowie grew up. So it's about this kid whose dad immigrated from India, married a woman from uh, a British woman and their family. And, and the dad is, seems to be having kind of a midlife crisis. He becomes this sort of fake Buddhist wise man. Like, and, and people start, and, and people see him and think he's exotic and foreign and has, you know, all these, all this, these secrets to bestow. Uh, upon them but really he's just like playing them so yeah that's that's what the show is and it's just this this kid you know sort of getting used to it it's a coming of age tale in suburban london and bowie did the soundtrack and he reworked the songs from the soundtrack into an album later on so a lot of it is kind of like this where it sounds kind of incidental yeah like it doesn't really have its own identity yeah. yeah, I tried to listen to the album on my way home from work the other day, and it's not the best commuting album. Cause yeah, it just this. I, I think I made it through like halfway because I was only getting like a twenty minute train ride. The songs are super long. Yeah, and yeah, from what, it was, it's kind of a weird record, but not in the like this is weird, so I must not be getting something kind of weird. It's just kind of weird. So, and a lot of it is like this. So this music the music for this one comes from the scene where kareem that's the kid walks in on his dad uh with another woman in the garden but it's it's different in the in the show uh it's it's much shorter it's a different mix there's no there's no vocals uh there's a different guitar at the end so bowie sort of expanded it for the album version there's words there's words here but uh it's mostly a cut-up song yeah, it sounds like it's. It must have been made just as a cut up. Yeah, like there's like it's most like haphazardly thrown together song. Yeah, it all seems pretty random. Yeah, like I think in the beginning, like when the piano comes in, the piano's a little bit me- menacing. The way it kind of like it's a very weird. It's very Mark, Mike Garson kind of piano lick. It starts out with the descending twinkling notes. Is that right? Or does it, how does it start? How do the how does the piano start? 
I wish I could remember. In my, in my, it's not very catchy, so it's like hard to keep it in my brain. But I remember listening to it and being like, "This is this, the piano kind of stands out. It's yeah, kind of like just kind of barking behind." Yeah. And then it just gets and then the rest of the song sneaking kinda, up on you. Yeah. Like it's about to pounce. Yeah. And then the rest of the song just kind of happens to you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, there's a there's a kind of stream of consciousness, free association, rap going on. Yeah. I've seen people compare this to uh, African Night Flight. I could see that. The, that sort of rapid kind of rap style delivery. And apparently he was... So David Bowie was pretty into this album and disappointed that it wasn't promoted properly. Shortly after its release, the album was quote-unquote deleted. Or like it was hard to get it. It was basically out of copy. Yeah. And, and at that time, it's not like there was digital sources. So you just couldn't get the album. Yeah, so they, they called it a soundtrack. So they only produced so many. And then they just sort of hit the delete button. Yeah. <laughs> what deleted means? Uh, delete key. Yeah, and then, it, and then it wasn't available for a really long time. Then they came out with a remastered version of, of it later on. I feel like I saw a quote in here too where he referred to it as being one of his favorite albums. Yeah, uh, because I think because it's, it's got, I think it's got a lot of his personality yeah. in it. Like he, I just he, feel like Bowie, stop being such a goddamn hipster about your own music by saying that this is your... Oh no, you would think it's something from the Ziggy era or Scary Monsters, but no, this is the best David Bowie album. I, no, but I think there's something to that. Like, this is the one where he doesn't hold back and he doesn't sort of conform to pop structure and, you know, expectations. Because this is also right after Tin Machine. He's kind of exercised that, uh, he's exercised his pop star yeah. self. He's experimented with being the front man of a rock group. And I don't know the timeline. I don't, I don't know so whether I he had recorded Black Tie, White Noise yet. So The album came out after, but I don't know when he recorded. Uh, so Black Tie, White Noise was recorded in 92, it just says. And then Buddhist Suburbia was recorded June to September of 93. So yeah, he'd already so, put out, cranked out another pop album. He cranked out some White Noise. Some white, Black Tie, White Noise. Yeah, and, and then comes this. It's got one sort of pop song to it. In fact, it's got that same song twice. That must be past the point that I made it to when I was listening to it. The opening song is just repeated. Oh, okay. At the end, there's a, there's a remix of it with Lenny Kravitz on guitar. All right. Yeah, I think I made it to like... That was a thing in the 90s. Halfway yeah. through the mysteries when I got home. Yeah. That was a thing in the 90s was to remix a song and put guitars in it. Yeah. Kind of like it's all about the Benjamins, the rock remix. I really dug the rock remix. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins. Um... Both of them. Yeah. So, yeah, Lenny Kravitz was on guitar on the second version of it. Uh, yeah. What song are we doing? Bleed Like a Craze. Bleed Like a Craze, Dad. Bleed Like a Craze. Yeah. Kind of, so the dad, the comma dad, is that kind of like uh, all the young dudes where it's like, I'm a dude, dad. Is that like a thing that was said <laughs> back then? I, I, don't, I really don't understand. Like, it's... Or is it like, I wouldn't have put this together until I found out where it comes in the movie is with the scene with his dad. Yeah. Is it like, uh, bleed like a craze? Dad, you're crazy, like, having sex in the garden with somebody that's not mom. Which makes it even more confusing, because in that case it should be called, I'm shocked and horrified, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know, it's, it makes very little sense. So in, as far as some inspirations... And the, in the European version of the album, in the liner notes, he reveals as his, influ his inspirations as, quote, residue from the 70s. And on the list of things that he references, free association lyrics, 
Pink Floyd, T-Rex, Pet Sounds, Friends of the Craze. So oh, let's talk about the craze. Let's talk about the craze. Um, let's talk about craze, baby. Let's talk about craze. Let's get all Kanye and talk about stuff that's cray. Yeah. Well, there's two of them. They're twins. There's so two... it's cray cray. <laughs> it's cray cray. Let's get cray cray. Um, oh, man. I just... I just feel like so much appropriation is happening right now. Are you brushing yourself off? Brushing off the uh, appropriation. So the McCrays were twin gangster brothers um, who ran West End nightclubs in the 60s. They were very notorious in the London area. Yeah, and notoriously violent, too. Yeah. Um, they were also... Effort- and this is So my favorite thing to come out of Bleed Like a Craze Dad is when I was reading a little section about the craze... They are also referenced by uh, Ray Davies from the Kinks. Is that right? Did a song called London Song. And uh, I had never heard it before, so I watched the video of him playing it on Conan O'Brien. And when was this, When did the song come out, Ray Davies? In the, um, it, was a, it was well after this. It was like the early aughts, okay. I want to say. Uh, it's not from like the 60s or 70s or something. No, it's, it's Ray Davies kind of looking back on the 60s. Yeah. And, and the chorus is basically lists all these people like no you know, notable people from England or notable ty- types of people from, from London. And then the last line of the first chorus is, don't forget, it, and don't forget about the craze. They're dangerous. And then the second chorus is like, don't forget about those Cray twins. Yeah. Um, and it's a really awesome song. Like it starts off with this almost like country rock kind of beginning. Black so country was, rock? I wish it sounded like black country rock in the beginning. Cause I was kind of like, oh, I'm skeptical of this, but then it just keeps building and building and there's horns and Whoa. Just Ray Davies being awesome and brilliant. It, it does feel like kind of like, it, it feels like a kink song. It definitely feels like kind of a weird kink song. Um, but yeah, it's a really awesome tune, which, yeah, it was the best thing to come with Bleed Like a Craze. So yeah, most of my notes for Bleed Like a Craze Dad had to do with the craze. I went off on this whole like cray tangent. Um, <laughs> see how many times I can work in cray as an yeah. adjective. But um, yeah, so apparently there was a, movie made about them recently 2015 there was a movie with tom hardy as both twins oh it looks pretty cool like they have very different personalities so it seems like you know it's a true dual role like he's it's one of those things where you have to distinguish the two characters and they have to be you have to be able to tell them apart even though they look pretty much the same it's a challenge it looks like a really interesting movie about them there's another biopic about the craze called oddly enough the craze in 1990, I think that was the name of it, and it had Gary and Martin Kemp from the band Spandau Ballet, oh. which you may remember their number one single, True, 1983. I'm sure most of you probably don't recognize the name, but you will absolutely know it if you hear it, because yeah. I never would know that oh, that's the name of the song, but I, yeah. I can hear it in my head. I know this much is true, which of course was also sampled by PM Dawn for... Uh, yeah, well. Set adrift on memory bliss. Um, that's where I knew it from first. I can't remember which one I knew for it. Like, I probably heard them both on the radio at similar times in my young life. So yeah, it's uh, so Spandau Ballet, of course, this uh, new romantics era band. It's kind of odd to have you know these. So these, these you said guys. one of them was the bass player, right? I think so, yeah, I think one was the bass player, one was a guitarist. So did you ever see? Do you watch Modern Family ever? No. So there was an episode. It was actually one of the first episodes I ever saw of that show. So the main couple on the show, it's their anniversary. And the wife usually doesn't get the husband very good 
anniversary presents and usually gets to these like crazy thoughtful elaborate things so she decides she's gonna get someone from his favorite band to come and play for him for their anniversary and she gets the basses from spandau ballet even though he doesn't really like spandau ballet that much <laughs> and the bass is played by edward norton oh wow and it's just he is he really throws himself into it like he's got the great fake accent and he's playing all the songs through but just the bass and like spandau ballet songs have these really weird arrangements they're very you know they're big 80s pop songs you know, it's a lot of him asking, like, so what do you want to hear? What are your favorite deep cuts? And it's just like this very cringeworthy, awkward episode. It's weird that they didn't actually get the actual bassist from Spandau Ballet yeah. to play the bassist from Spandau Ballet. Because there's an episode of Psych where they got one of the guys from Tears for Fears to, oh, I never saw to show one. up. I watched that show kind of in and out. Playing himself. Yeah, so these, these two guys from this, you know, they don't strike you listening to the music. Uh these guys wouldn't really strike you as particularly dangerous, violent people. Yeah, I would say that the last people that she'd be playing... Uh, and you can watch this... Tears and gangsters. I watched some of it, and yeah, they don't really seem that dangerous. They, they don't have... Poor casting. Maybe so. Yeah, you don't feel particularly threatened <laughs> by them. Yeah, not a good fit. No. And uh, needless to say, the Cray brothers, who were in prison when, that, when it came out, they were not fans. But the thing that they didn't like about the movie was actually the scenes where their mother swore. They said, our mother would never use that language. She never swore. But I think for the movie, they just they took dramatic license yeah. and uh, had her kind of more of a sassy lady. I don't know. Um, also, uh, another connection to the craze. There's a film that Bowie was in in 1998 called Everybody Loves the Sunshine, which in the United States was released as busted capital b period capital u period capital s period capital t period capital e period capital d period <laughs> and uh so bowie plays this old school gangster from the firm uh, you know the old firm which is like i guess that was the word for gang back in the 60s you know he's advising these young gangsters in uh south london um one wants to go straight one uh is trying to pull him back pull him back in <laughs> Um, and so Bowie plays this, Bowie plays this old school gangster. He kind of puts on this Michael Caine, Michael Caine accent. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty bad movie. Yeah. Um, looks like I just watched the scenes with Bowie in them and yeah, it's just this weird movie. Anything else about bleed like a craze? I like the vocoder. I think it sounds like a vocoder, which is like a, yeah, this electronic instrument that, uh, modulates your voice as you, as you. My old roommate had one of those. She was super into electronic music. It was yeah. kind of a music gear hoarder. Yeah. She was pretty stoked when she got a vocal order. I have mixed feelings on, on those. If it's someone like David Bowie that you know has a great voice and he's using it for effect. Great. I feel like now a lot of artists use them as like kind of a crutch. Like the auto tune kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm terrible at singing. Just put some effects on my voice and it'll be fine. Yeah. But this, yeah, it works with this. Yeah, he uses it sparingly. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a cool effect. Uh, all right, yeah, that seems like, it seems like that's all we got about Bleed Like a Craze, yeah. Dad. How about ratings? Um, I will, um, I'll give this song two footnotes on the footstone. Yeah, this, is a, this song is a footnote to a footnote. Um, I'm going to give it a one. I'm not particularly into it. Yeah, I gave it a bonus because it led me to that awesome Ray Davies song. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not something I put on for fun. 
Uh, all right, so that's it for bleed like a craze. Bleed like dad. a craze, dad. But um, um, when you do bleed like a craze, you better be careful. You don't get any on your blue jeans. Nice. All right. So, <laughs> um, if you uh, if you cut if you cut one in half, if you cut a pair of blue jeans in half, you have a singular blue jean. I just ah blue jeans. That, that works. You have a pant. <laughs> Uh, next week, next week uh, on the show, Blue Jean is the next episode of From A to Ziggy. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, From A to Ziggy. From A to Ziggy.com, leave a comment on the page for this episode. What did you think of Bleed Like a Craze, comma, Dad? If you enjoy this show, the best way to support us is to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Till then, I'm Thomas. And I'm Travis. Watch out for those craze. Yeah. They're dangerous. It's true.